Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by three guys who have never been on the turf. to be saying that um really happy to be being here my name is arjun ryan i'm with shri and rohan and we're back all three of us for why, why do you say our names for us arjun can we not speak for ourselves anymore i just thought i would take this part but okay. it's okay by yeah, the way guys ahead. i'm by all I'm means rohan delay patel. The show. i'm rohan patel i'm shri balconda thank you for giving Thanks, us our bro. voices back yeah i mean i just thought i would save the viewers some time but i guess we're wasting their time anyway this summer has gone by really fast and quickly fancy season is approaching so we're going to be talking about that a lot today um, and we're going to be diving into probably the best players you can get, in our opinion, in the first two rounds. The next couple of weeks, as you guys get ready for your fantasy drafts, we're going to be here right with you. We know we have drafts as well, and we're going to be trying to give you guys um, our best tips for the fantasy season. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about the best teams going into next year. Now, Bleacher Report, I think yesterday, which would be July 25th, put out their training camp power rankings. Training camp just started for all teams across the NFL. So all the teams are getting ready for the season. And they put together their top 32. So obviously we got the Rams and Bills at one. They're going to be facing off the season opener um, Thursday, September 9th, I believe. And that's going to be really cool because that could be a Super Bowl preview in the first game of the season. But beyond that, we have a host of other teams that I know we all have some disagreements about. Let's start out with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Super Bowl champion that never was last year. Um, they, you know, they came close in the big game, but they couldn't get it. Rohan, I know you think the Bengals are a little overhyped. What, why do you think that is? The Bengals at three, I just cannot get behind. I, I'm a strong believer that the Bengals last year were a bit of a fluke. I know they got stronger this year, and I think that they'll be a decent team. But in a stacked AFC, I don't see how you can put them above teams like, you know, say the Chargers, the Chiefs. Um, even their counterparts in the AFC North, the Ravens, who got really good over the offseason and got a lot of players returning from injury. Having you mean them... the Steelers, right? Sorry? You you mean the Steelers. I think you misspoke. Shut up, Shree. The, the, the Steelers are, like, number 30, I think, in the league right now. But the Bengals are not top three, I don't think. I even question whether they're top 10. I think there's a lot of other good teams that, that we're, we're skipping over here just because of recency bias. Listen, you know, one thing that a quarterback hopes for, like over weapons from wide receivers or tight ends, as I think a quarterback just wants a good O-line. And I think Joe Burrow has never had that opportunity for like the past two years. He literally tore his ACL. He had just so many things going wrong for him. But for the first time in his career over the past three years, he actually has a decent O-line to work with. He has the weapons. He has everything that he needs. He, you know, questionable coaching, but that's okay. It's Joey Burrow. He can get Questionable coaching? I think that the Ben... Zach Taylor's coach of the yeah. year, bro. I think okay. I think Zach Taylor was an incredible coach last year. I just think that what happens with new coaches and young quarterbacks is that they tend to get figured out as the years go on. I think that the Bengals had a really good run last year. Mind you, they they weren't great during the regular season. They went through their slumps, right? And they won a lot of close games. I think this time things aren't going to go as much in their favor, especially when they're surrounded by a lot more talent in the in, in their conference. I think, look, I think both of you guys are making really good points. I, th- I tend to agree more with Shree, I think. I think the offensive line is going to be really huge for the Bengals this year. 
Now, let's not act like NFL defensive coordinators aren't adjusting on a week-to-week basis, right? Like, people know what the Bengals are, right? They're a big play team that relies heavily on that connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And to a, you know, to an extent, also T. Higgins as well. And those receivers are really what make the team. Obviously, Joe Burrow as well. But that offensive line adds a new element where last year, Joe Burrow had to throw the ball very quickly. And if not, he would get sacked or was afraid of getting sacked. But this year, hopefully, the Bengals can take their time in the pocket and Joe Burrow can make the decisions and make the big play to Jamar Chase without being afraid of of getting sacked, essentially. So I think that really adds an X factor to their game. Do I think they're third in the league? No, I don't. But I do think that they are the best team in the AFC North. And I disagree about the Ravens, but we're going to talk about them in a little bit. But let's run down the list a little bit more. We got the Buccaneers at four. I think, I, I mean, for me, I think the Buccaneers should be two or three. I think the Buccaneers are going to be really good this year. Um, then we got the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Packers. I think we can all agree those teams are going to be really good this year. The Chiefs, a little bit more of a question mark, but when you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, there's going to be some fire. I, I, I think that having the Chiefs that high above the Chargers, above the Broncos, is that's a bit bold in my opinion. You lost your best offensive weapon. Um, and replace him with Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, last year you, they had some issues at the beginning of the year. They got it straightened out, but those issues were still there. Now you, you take away their top weapon and you lose key parts of the defense like Tyron Matthew. I don't know if you can still have them at number five, especially when you have the Chargers who came in and really stacked up their their, their defense with Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. They returned their entire offense. Obviously, they've had some bad luck in the past, but... I don't, I don't know how you guys are. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't put them above, or I wouldn't put the Chargers below the Chiefs. I think that they're a considerably better team right now. I think the Chargers on paper are a much better team than the Chiefs, definitely. But I think the thing is, I'm, to be fair to the to the people of Leach Report making these power rankings, a lot of these power rankings at this point in training camp is relying on known quantities, right? We know Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together can make some magic, along obviously with Travis Kelsey and the host of other weapons they have. Now they don't have Travis Kelsey or they don't have Tyree Kill, my mistake. So that drops them down a little bit. But the Chargers, it's a second year coach, third year quarterback. We know that quarterback's really good. But I could say that you can make the argument the Chiefs are better than the Chargers right now. Spoiler, I don't think either of these teams are gonna win the AFC West. But I do think I can see the argument for why the Chiefs are ranked this high. But let's go on to number eight on this list, and we just talked about them. The Baltimore Ravens. Now, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens are a significantly actually worse team than they were last year. And I know if we look at their roster last year, right? I'm not I'm saying roster this year to last year. They have Lamar Jackson back. They lost Hollywood Brown, who I know we just made fun of him, but at least he was a receiver. Right now, all they have is Rashad Bateman as their number one wide receiver. We don't even know if he's a capable number two yet. They have a bunch of tight ends. Mark Andrews, obviously a top five tight end. And I guess they're getting J.K. Dobbins back. But they also lost pieces on the offensive line. That running game is going to take a hit. I don't think this offense is going to be that dynamic at all. In fact, I think it's going to be very, very run-focused. And especially with the weaker offensive line than that 2019 team, this team could not be. This team could be in for a surprise. And I think a lot of Ravens fans could be as well. My take on the Ravens is that they're going to struggle with those divisional, those divisional games with the Steelers, Browns, and obviously the Bengals. But I think that outside of that, they're going to have some kind of success at best. I think that the Ravens might be a wild card team, but I think they're going to miss out, miss out on it again. I have them maybe like an eight and nine, nine and eight record. I don't really think anything else is going to happen. 
everyone's always talking about how great Lamar is, but you're not giving him the weapons you need. And the only weapon, other than Mark Andrews, was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't know what he's going to work with, with pretty great running backs, but not not a great offensive line. We were just talking about how Joe Burrow has a great offensive line. Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. So I don't know where that's Lamar going. Lamar can run, but, dude. Lamar can run. Y'all know that. I'm, I'm telling you, he, he he's gonna remind you why he was MVP. The wheels are getting are are getting lots of tread on them at this point, right? Lamar was injured. That remember the diagnosis last year at the point of his injury was that he would be back for the season. Never came back. So I know Lamar. You know, apparently he's come back in like best shape of his life, as every training camp story goes, right? Um, so I I don't put too much stock in that. Lamar's a great quarterback. He's a great runner of the football. Obviously, he's probably one of the most, the best runners in the league. But again, without that threat of a passing game, which has held them back every single year they've made the playoffs, they can't go that far. All right. Well, regardless of that, let's move on to number nine. I think we can all agree that this team should be dropped down on this list. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this team just got worse, I think, over the offseason. I know in my predictions I had them winning their division, but that's just because of how bad their division really is. Um, you know, they lost Amari Cooper, they lost Michael Gallup, um, Zeke, as Arjun loved to say, is is quite washed. Um, who else did they lose? They lost to Marcus Lawrence too. Randy Gregory, sorry, they lost Randy Gregory. Lyle Collins are top tackle. A lot of losses on this team, not a lot of gains. I don't think this team is is, is is top ten at all. Yeah, I think you can easily make the argument that the I in fact I think I know Shree agrees with this. I know I do. The Eagles are easily better than the Cowboys right now. Neither of them are a top 10 team, but the Eagles are definitely above the Cowboys. And the Eagles are sitting at 14 on this list right now. So this really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so after the Cowboys, you have the Broncos, the Colts, and the Cardinals. And I actually think I have a problem with two of these teams. I Actually, I have a problem with all three of them based on where they're ranked, positive or negative. I think the Broncos are going to be really good. I think Russell Wilson is going to be great. He has... He's he has the best roster other than like when the Legion of Boom was there. But like other than that, I think this is probably one of the best rosters that he's had to work with offensively and like defensively. The Broncos are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Put that with great receivers, great weapons, a better O line than what the Seahawks had, and it's Russ. He's gonna cook. He's gonna go crazy in the AFC West. I think that the Broncos should be higher on this list. I think that the Colts should be lower on this list. And I think that the Cardinals should be much lower on this. Agre- agreed on. Sure, <laughs> wholeheartedly agree with you on that last part. The Cardinals, I think they're in a good spot as well. And this isn't just the Arizona fan of me speaking right now, right? I mean, yes, they lost a couple of key players. But, you know, we added Marquise Brown. Kyler is going to hopefully take another leap this year. Um, our defense. <laughs> That's just decent. laughable. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to get to them. <laughs> our defense is decent, okay? Like... JJ Watt's still there. You know, he's going to be a big, he's going to be big for us in terms of run, run stopping. Uh-huh. Uh, Marcus Golden on the edge can provide some pressure. Um, Isaiah Simmons, a uh, little patrol in the middle. Uh, Buddha Baker, we got a, we got an all pro strong safety back there. Okay, you're just describing who these players are and what positions they play, but <laughs> listen, I, the point is, the point is, and and we have one of the most innovative coaches in the league who tends to have good ideas for the first half of the year, but not the last half. Let's move on to another team in the NFC West that's actually ranked right below the Cardinals at 13, and I hate this that they're here. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Graham, shout out Graham, we love you, Graham. But the 49ers are not good. They were a mid-team last year that stumbled their way to the playoffs. Now they're replacing a decent quarterback with an unknown quantity in Trey Lance, who, as I have said, will be the next coming of Jamarcus Russell. Um, and 
I just don't think that this team is going to be good. They weren't good last year, and they're just not going to be good this year. Couldn't disagree with you more, Rohan. The Niners, so first of all, I think the Niners are about where they should be right now in terms of ranked on this mm-hmm. list. I think 13 is a really good spot for them, especially, you know, Trey Lance is an unknown quantity. I think Trey Lance is going to take some adjusting in this offense, but I think he's going to be really good. Unfortunately, he's got a great team, one of the best coaches in the league behind him, and a great defense with him. So he's really got all the tools he needs. I think Debo is going to be back. I think he probably heard the song, so he'll be back um, as, as Graham wanted. So he'll have Debo to work with. He'll have Ayuk. And I think the Niners are clearly a better team than the Cardinals right now, just top to bottom. You haven't seen Trey Lance play. How can you say that? You haven't, you literally, all you've seen from Trey Lance is North Dakota State highlights. We don't know anything about him. You're just, you're just saying stuff that you believe. There's no, okay. Team, there's no, no. Nothing. What I'm saying is, is I know the team, I know the team around him is really strong. And I know just even if he has stumbles, which he inevitably will, he's going to be brought up by that team. And that team, that defense is not being talked about enough. That defense got them to the NFC Championship. And with a Compton offense, they can get right back there. I don't really think Jimmy G, when he was start, when he was a starter last year, he wasn't really the guy that like manned that offense. It was through Debo Samuel. It was through George Kittle. It was through those playmakers. I don't really think Trey Lance needs to do that much. He just really needs to be a manager. And I, I agree that he's a great talent. But for now, I think that... Like Arjun said, with the pieces around him, they can still be competitive. And that defense with Nick Bosa, with that secondary, I think they'll be pretty successful. So right under the 49ers, you got the Eagles, and then the Raiders, and then the Titans. Personally, I know that the NFC West, I'm sorry, the AFC West is going to be insane. You got Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. You got Max Crosby paired with none other than the Arizona Cardinals. Great edge rusher, Chandler Jones. Great for what do you guys game. think about the Las Vegas? Great for one game. That's that's true though. But I think he'll be better with Max Crosby. The Las Vegas Raiders. What do you guys think? I, I think that they're a bit underrated in my opinion. Um, I think that you know they made the playoffs last year with a significantly worse roster, um, and now they've added top top talent on both sides of the ball, and they got the best wide receiver in the game. And I don't get how you can rank them as the worst AFC West team. I mean. I, okay, maybe they have the worst quarterback out of these teams, which sort of moves them down. But, I mean, this is still a really good team. You can't say that they're worse than the Niners or the Eagles or the Colts or even the Cardinals. I'll say it. You know, this is a really good Las Vegas Raiders team with a lot of talent. Again, we can talk about unknown quantities, but we saw how good this team was last year throughout all the dysfunction. And now you're going to have them add more talent, get a real head coach. And I think that they're going to make it work this year. And I think that having them at 15 is a really, really severe underranking. All right, let's move to our next segment, which is let's just do a mock draft. So how this is going to work is we're going to run through the top 24 positions in the fantasy draft. So most leagues are about 12 players, so 24-player snake draft. We're not going to act as any specific team or anything. We're just going to tell you as you move from pick to pick what the best player available is going to be. So, Shri, you're picking first. Who are you taking? I have a feeling it's going to be... Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it is going to be Jonathan Taylor. And one more thing, guys, this is going to be in a PPR format. I know that changes things, but this is going to be a 12-team PPR format. So, yeah, to start off, I'm definitely going with Jonathan Taylor. I think he's the safest pick. I think he's got a great O-line. I think that Colts offense is just going to function through him. He's my number one. Right, so I'm picking second. Um, and honestly, this is a really, really tough choice. I think that there are some clear-cut wide receivers who are going to score a lot of points, but obviously we value running backs more. Because of that, I got to take the king, 
Derrick Henry. I think he's bouncing back. I know in PPP, uh, or PPR, sorry, PPR, he doesn't always score the most points. <laughs> Shut up, Shree. He doesn't always score the most points because he doesn't get that many receptions. But I still think he's going to put up a lot of points as the workhorse for those Titans. Look, I'm not I'm not a big Henry fan this year, especially for PPR. So I'm glad Rohan left me at three. Smashing this pick, I'm taking Cooper Cup. I think he's a clear wide receiver one, safest wide receiver in the draft. This year, running backs are a big question mark. I don't like Christian McCaffrey, as we'll talk about later. Austin Eckler has some injury risk as well. Cooper Cup, safest wide receiver in the draft. Safest That's bet. really high for a wide receiver. You would pick him at three in a real draft, you're saying? That's, that's a lot of valuation on a wide receiver when the running back class is, is pretty thin. You know, as a previous Cub owner, it is really great to have, you know, a single player score like 35, 36 points on any given week. So I think it's I think it's a good pick. I think it's a little early, but, you know, I think I'm going to take the risk. And at four, you know, I think I might go with CMC here. I think that I feel like a lot of people, I understand he's been injured. He's very injury prone, but it, it, it's a new quarterback. It's a new system. I think he's going to come back. You, we know how good he is. In the last, in the games that he was healthy, he was the RB1. So I'm going to go with CMC at number four. All right. So at the next pick with five, um, I'm, I'm deciding between two, 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 two players here. It's Dalvin Cook or Najee Harris. And I'm going to go with the known quantity in Dalvin Cook. I know that he's he's a bit injury prone, but I can pick up a if I, if I was actually picking up, pick up a handcuff in Alexander Madison later in the draft. Um and yeah, he's always been solid for the Vikings. I think they're going to be really good this year. Um, and I think he'll, he's, he's always a great pick in PPR. Yeah. All right. At uh, seven or six, uh, this is a t- this is a tough pick. Um, I think that it's between Najee Harris and Austin Eckler for me. Um, I'm going to take the volume that Najee Harris is going to get. I think he's going to get a ton this year. I think he's going to be using the passing game a ton with Mitch Trubisky and especially with Kenny Pickett when he probably eventually gets a start. I think Eckler, again, always has some injury risk. Eckler is one of my favorite players in fantasy to get every year, but I think Najee is just going to get the volume to be a top five running back. So I'm at number seven now, and I think Eckler might be the move here. I am also thinking about Joe Mixon potentially, but honestly, Austin Eckler has just gotten so much work in the receiving game, and especially in PBR formats. I find that to be really good. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to go with Eckler at seven. That leaves you with an easy pick at eight. I'm going to go with Jay Jettis, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think he's the he's the clear-cut second-best wide receiver um, in fantasy, and he's going to put up big numbers this year uh, with the Vikings. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I would have loved to take Jefferson next, but I'm going to take um, I'm going to take Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is the right pick here. I was very much concerned Devontae Adams. I just don't know what the offense is going to particularly look like yet, so... I'm going to take uh, Joe Mixon. He played a great role in that offense last year, and I think he's going to be continued to use pretty consistently from last year, especially since that whole team is returning. So I'm at 10, and I know that I'm going to get a pick in around five picks. I I know people will take Travis Kelsey pretty early in a lot of drafts. I'm kind of against that. So I think I'm going to keep it safe, and I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, even though there's Kareem Hunt there. Okay. Yeah, Chubb's interesting, especially in PPR. Um, I, I then I'll take the pick that everyone seems to have forgotten about, Alvin Kamara. I mean, I, I don't know how we forgot about him. I know he might be suspended because of that whole case. But even then, I want to take that risk. I mean, this is a guy who scored, what, six touchdowns that one year on Christmas? The guy always puts up 
steady stats. He's a workhorse back, gets a lot of receptions. I mean, can't go wrong with him, I don't think. All right. So at 12, it's a really hard decision. I know I'm going to have the pick right after this. So I'm taking two players here effectively. The first one, I'm going to take DeAndre Swift, a really reliable running back. I think the new offensive weapons the Lions have are going to keep the defenses honest. They won't stack the box as much. So he'll have a lot of opportunities as he did last year. Um, and then my next pick at 13, I'm going to take Devontae Adams. I can't leave him on the board going to round two. Too much of an easy get. He's the best receiver in the league for a reason. Got to take it. And he has that chemistry with Carr. After this, uh, there's a lot of tough, tough choices here. Um, I'm taking Jamar Chase. Um, that dude just put up crazy numbers last year. Um, and he was so consistent as well. I, and, and I'm just going to hope that his connection with Joe Burrow um, grows again this year. Um, so I'm going to pick him at, at, at 13 or 14. Sorry. Yeah. So the team that Rohan's discussing right now, they got Alvin Kamara and Jamar Chase. That's a pretty good take from uh, sitting at the tail end of the draft especially going into, you know, the next round. Yeah, so I, I'm going to – so the last pick I made for this team was Nick Chubb. Uh, I think it's pretty risky, and I feel like I have to go running back again because just I'm not really surprised here. I mean, I'm not really – sorry. I'm not really secure with Nick Chubb. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. And mm. I just want you guys to remember that he went crazy, not last year, but the year before, when he was a touchdown magnet. I feel like that same thing's going to happen here. He's going to have a lot more room because Devontae's gone. And I feel like Rodgers doesn't have too many receivers, so I think Aaron Jones might be the pick there. Really good pick. Really good pick. That's a really good pick. Um, can't uh, fault you for that because I was going to take Aaron Jones next. But I'm going to take, um, let's see, with this team last time I took Joe Mixon, I'm going to take Debo Samuel. The contract situation doesn't worry me. It's going to get resolved in a couple weeks. Um, if you're drafting now, I think Debo is going to be a lot lower on the board than he's going to be in a couple weeks, but I'm going to take him here, Debo and Mixon. All right, so I know that there's there's still a couple good receivers left on the board. Uh, you got Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, but, but, I think that after Debo Samuel, this may be an unpopular but I think that the talent of the wide receiver drops off significantly. I think Stephon Diggs is surrounded by a lot of weapons, which therefore drives down his value. Tyreek Hill's playing with a new quarterback. I can't trust that, as is A.J. Brown. That's why I'm going to go with the running back. Take Leonard Fournette. Um, he was really good last year. Um, he's great for checkdowns. Tom Brady loved checking down him. I'll take him um, with my next pick. So I, I had Austin Eckler before this, and I know it's risky, but, you know, it's go big or go home. So I'm going to go with two risky running backs. I'm taking Saquon Barkley, pairing oh. him up with Austin Eckler. Guys, this could, this could be the team right here. Eckler and Saquon... These guys get so much work, both like just running and receiving. This looks like a good team, but I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. I forgot about Saquon. I can't lie. That's a good pick. That's a great pick, and that team has a ton of upside. Just imagine, on the right week, you could have potentially like 50 points coming from that pair alone, yeah. which, you know, that's enough to win win a week. Usually. You know, but I, I, I feel um, like it could go zero if they both get injured like midway <laughs> through. So there's a lot of risk associated with it, but, you know, you know what? Just, just, I'm just going to go. Um. So next, uh, we're saying at the former pick five position. So at five, I took Najee Harris. Um, I'm going to take another second-year running back here who is due for a big year, Javante Williams. I know Melvin Gordon's back, but the, I think – like Rohan said, the wide receivers drop off after Debo. I agree with that. And I think the running backs drop off after Javante as well. I think Javante is going to get a lot of work this year. He got a lot of work last year as well. And I think especially with that better quarterback, better quarterbacks leads to better running back play. 
Um, and I think uh, he's going to get a lot of work and he's going to have a great season. All right. Well, I, I'm going to just rewind a bit and disagree with you there because I think there's another good running back who can rival Javante. And that's another workhorse, Josh Jacobs. Um, I know it's like it's a relatively unpopular pick. He doesn't make many flashy plays, but he gets the ball so much. And when you have more offensive weapons around him, that'll open up running lanes. Uh, he's still effective in the passing attack for Derek Carr. I think that he's he's not going to be an outstanding running back that gives you 20, 25 points. But he'll consistently get you like 15 to 18 points. And I think that consistency is very, very important in fantasy. All right, so this is me with the fourth pick in the first round. I had CMC. I think I have to pair him up with someone that's crazy, that's very valuable, that's used a lot. But I feel like the running backs are dropping off right now a little too much for me, but I already have a number one in CMC. So I'm going to pair him up with Travis Kelsey. I think I just can't let him slide into the third round. I think it's a little early, but Travis Kelsey and CMC, that's another potential 50 points from both of them together, just like the Eckler and Saquon thing. So I'm going to go with Kelsey. I think it's too, I think it's too late. I, I got to take it. We don't really know what Mahomes looks like without Tyreek, but we know Mahomes and Kelsey already have a great connection. That could just be improved, especially in the earlier weeks of the season while Juju and MVS kind of get used to the offense. Um, so next we're back to the controversial pick. Apparently I took Cooper cup at three. So I'm going to pair him with the running back here. Cause it doesn't make sense to go double wide receiver in a 12 man draft. Um, I'm looking at the board. I don't love it. Um, I got Ezekiel Elliott here. You guys know how I feel about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not going to take him, especially I got burned last year with him. Um, I really love JK Dobbins. I might scoop him up. We're not going to do a round three, but if there was a round three, hammer him in round three definitely i love his upside this year but i'm gonna take someone that rohan i know you love david montgomery um i think he's a really good pick at this point i think he's the best running back on the board he's gonna get a lot of usage this year the bears are gonna suck this year but he'll get usage like he did last year when the bears sucked again right, see okay see i'm gonna take an, a larger issue with arjun's draft um strategy here because now what you've done is you've ended up with a really high end wide receiver if you picked cup of the third pick but now you've ended up with the as much as I love Montgomery, you've ended up with a mid-tier running back. And then you're going to get another mid-tier running back in the third round. And then by that time, you've got low-end wide receiver talent. Is all of that worth it for a high pick at Cooper Cup? I don't know. I don't think so. Cooper Cup is... Let me let me respond there. I think Cooper Cup is the epitome of consistency in this draft. There's no other player I trust at, at the same level as Cooper Cup in this draft. I know he's going to pull in points. I know Stafford loves him. Um, and I disagree with that. I think Montgomery will be a good running back. And like I just said, I can scoop up Dobbins literally in my next pick, which is what, three more picks after this. So I'm not too worried. I think, I think it could be, you know, I think this is a cool, uh, an okay strategy strategy. A lot of people are probably going to take, I think, especially with how high cup is on the draft boards and likely will remain. All right. Well, with my second pick, which would be picking right now, I picked Derrick Henry. So I'm going to pair him with a, a top wide receiver. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take Tyree Kill, I think, over Stefan Diggs. This first of all, he's got Tua at quarterback, which I know is a bit of a question mark, but he's got a really smart offensive uh or an offensive coach. Um, and I think that they're gonna find really good ways to get in the ball through short passes where he can use his legs, and I think it's gonna be really good for PPR. Yeah, I can't believe Tyreek lasted this long. I, in a real draft you guys think he would go this long? I really think he would be gone mid-second. We went a bit running back heavy. Like, no way is Reek going below Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, 
let him for net. Yeah, just on name value alone, I feel like people are. I agree. I agree. I think we, we let him drop a bit too much. If if you got a team of no, I, if in your first two rounds you had Derrick Henry and Tyree Kill, you're 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 set. But I honestly think you know like I think the uncertainty is there, so I feel like that plays a really big factor. But I think like you know I think I value running backs a lot, so I just personally I honestly wouldn't have taken him. I'm, I I would have taken him now, but early second round when I still have players like Aaron Jones, I I feel like I wouldn't do that. But let's go. But but back to my pick though. I picked JT. You know, Arjun talked about Cooper Cup being very consistent. I think JT's another consistent player for the Colts. And I have a pick after this, but we're not going to do a third round. So I think I might go wide receiver here. And for me, wide receiver wise, I think Stefan Diggs is really the other is really the only other option I have. He's an elite wide receiver. JT with Stefan Diggs. I think Diggs is also a pretty consistent player. We talked about him before. I don't think he ever drops below like 13 points. He's always had that floor. So I think Diggs with JT is going to be pretty great. All right. So just to review all the picks, I know that was a lot, 24 picks. Shree, all right, pick one. An ideal person, I guess, in our draft would get Jonathan Taylor and Stefan Diggs. Pretty good haul if you ask me. If you're picking second, you would get Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill. Picking third, Cooper Cup, David Montgomery. Definitely an interesting combination. Fourth, Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey. Fifth, Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs going heavy on those safe running backs. At six, you're getting um, Najee Harris and Javante Williams, two second-year running backs, love upside. Seven, Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley, probably my favorite pairing. That's, that's really risky, though. It's so risky, uh, but it could go off. It, it is. It's so risky. I only took it for the upside. I'm telling you, it is the upside. Eight, you got Justin Jefferson, Leonard Fournette, pretty safe pairing as well. Nine, I also really like a lot. I know it's mine, but Josh, Joe Mixon and Debo Samuel. Debo comes back to play. I really like this. Totally agree. At 10, you got Nick Chubb going pretty early and Aaron Jones. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if these switched around in terms of their positions in actual draft. Um, 11, I really love this one, but it depends on Kamara's suspension. Alvin Kamara and Jamar Chase. And, and last at 12, back-to-back picks, DeAndre Swift and Devontae Adams. i got to say, overall, these are some really good picks, I think. These are pretty realistic. In my opinion, I think these could be very well the top 24 players in the draft. Maybe not necessarily in this order, but I can definitely see these 24 players going. All right, guys, that was a really fun episode. I love doing that mock draft. Just a little preview. Before the season starts, we're going to be doing a full 12-person mock draft of the collection of our friends, each person controlling a different team. Probably go more than two rounds, definitely, to kind of get a sense of what the draft could look like for you guys and to get some opinions. So we're really excited to do that. Stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks. Um... But we hope you guys enjoyed this kind of return to the show. We're going to be back weekly um, as the season approaches, and then we'll be we'll be full go for the whole season. But, yeah, it's been great. Um, thank you guys for listening. My name is Arjun Ryan. I'm Shree Bell and Condon. Not wrong, Patel. And we'll see you next week on The Twist.